0: hey y'all have you ever heard of old gods of appalachia well if you haven't you have now let me tell you this is a horror anthology podcast and it is absolutely amazing they have characters they have actors they have different people doing voiceovers it is so ridiculously dope y'all gotta check this out um I'm I'm like I'm enthralled. I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you all the actors are They're straight. They're queer. They're black. They're of color. They're male. They're female. They're they-them's they-them's They They just This thing is so diverse man. And and it's there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire So this is a big deal Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey y'all, how you doing? This is your friend, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you from this humble abode of mine full of books. During this pandemic paradise where the quarantine... Stopped being cute a long time ago, child. Mmm. Morning coffee. (sighs) Made the mistake of looking at the news first thing in the morning. I don't know what on God's somewhat still temporarily clean earth I was thinking. But I went and watched the news, child. Trump still ain't in jail. Men are going to lose all their sperm by 2045. I'm just like, and and here's the kicker, right? So I'm on TikTok last night, and this is like, I can't believe for Queen Part 4, this is the kind of um, news bulletin that we can start off with, but th- this is how I, I went to sleep mad last night, y'all, and I woke up annoyed and pissed the fuck off, like, I woke up and just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but woke up one morning and been like, I hate it here. (laughs) Because you remember everything from last night. It was like you never slept. It was as if you, you blinked your eyes and it was just daylight coming through your window. But you were still just as upset as you were the night before. That's how I woke up. I went to sleep on... The news that the Minnesota Supreme Court has decided six to zero decision that if a woman is sexually assaulted after choosing to consume alcohol and or drugs, that it nullifies the sexual assault because somewhere in there, According to their beliefs, you made choices. And I am just beside myself. I'm just beside myself. Like, I thought we were, you would think after 22 seasons of Law and Order SBU, this whole country would be on a whole different level by now. I need a cigarette. I, I don't understand. I, I, I just, and I can always tell by my voice tone, right? If my voice tone starts to go up some octaves and I start to speak a little faster, I know that's my emotions, right? So I'm, let, me, let me try and gather my thoughts. Here's the thing, right? I think about the Lizzie Borden trial. And how this woman killed her parents with a hatchet. With a fucking handheld axe. And the jury let her go. Because they couldn't wrap their heads around the idea that this, I mean... For all intents and purposes, young white girl gave all the smoke to her parents like that. Her father, while he was sleeping, child. And there's a lot of theories about her motives, but none of that is relevant, right? Because the jury, of course, a whole room full of white men, just couldn't see this young white girl as anything but a young white girl. Now, today, she'd be a grown-ass woman, right? Um, Back then, you know, not being married, still living at home with her parents, you know, they just considered all of her innocence, you know? And I am just... I, I feel like that's what's happening. I feel like the courts can't wrap their heads around how absolutely often rape is happening they they just can't conceive of a predatory mindset because i mean these judges are my generation and older right you're talking about some old school thinking and the only way i can explain it is the term date rape didn't even come into any kind of discourse until the mid-80s, right? And by date rape, we mean coercion. And we know that now to be a predatory behavior. But they made it about, a, they, they've again made women responsible for keeping themselves safe from predatory behavior instead of forcing men to change. Coercion, especially through alcohol, has been going on so long that it's absolutely normalized. I mean, I know I've talked about this already, but if you think back to Porky's, the old, old movie called Porky's, if you think back to Animal House, if you think back to... I mean, time and time again, 16 Candles. Having sex with a drunk girl was comedic, was a part of growing up, was, um, you know, adolescent boys coming into themselves. It was freshman year at college. It was, you know, they made it seem like that's how it happens. That's just the way it works. When all the while, and this is for the men right here, you and I both know there are plenty of guys who are 180, 200 pounds, 240 easily, right? Because I'm, I'm 6'5", I'm about, I'm about 250, 260. And you and I both know men who have had drinking contests or just bought shots for, for women who at most would weigh about 160, most likely 130. Um, and we know damn well that shot for shot they would never be able to keep up. Frat parties, um, you know, and, and knowing that alcohol lowers inhibitions that was the move this this uh disturbing man if if you go to my tiktok page which by the way is blowing the hell up i got 100,000 new followers in a week and i am i'm just blown away by it but if you go to my tiktok page you'll see a video of this of this brother's face and it's one of the latest videos mm. and you'll see where he is discussing how to secure sex by the end of a date how to be more desirable to women i mean he's like he's like a cosmopolitan article turned on its head you know what i mean and it's all about like i had said in i think queen part 2 especially winning how it's a competition How this this notion of innocence and how women don't want to have sex and men do. So it's a game to get laid by the end of the date. And there's another guy. I didn't stitch the video because I just just didn't want to give him any attention because it was problematic as fuck. And the guy said... Women don't have the courage to just say they want to smash. They don't, they don't have the courage. And side note, why is sex always like depicted so violently? We're gonna talk about that uh, a little bit later. But that's just a side note. Um, and I believe he did this. He was he was a good looking guy, and I believed he did this so that his DMs would fill up with with women going, "I'm trying to smash, what's good." But the truth is, he's wrong. He's wrong. I mean, are we still at a place where women aren't just as fucking human as men? Like women don't wake up in the morning aroused? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I have mostly women friends in my life. And we've had these intimate conversations of like, what, you don't think I get hard? when the fucking seam of my jeans goes up, like, you know, and we, we talk about this kind of shit. And I've laughed, you know, I've talked to women who, friends of mine, and I'm like, what happened? I thought you were out on a date. and And they've told me, John, we were at the movies. I reached down his pants somewhere halfway through the movie and he had this little old thing. I had to go, I had to go. This was not gonna work. And I was like, what? Women think that way? She was like, hell yeah. Now this is, I'm talking 20, 25 years ago, but I fell the fuck out. I was like, women always say stuff like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. And I I am so grateful to have a friend who goes, no, they lying. That shit fucking matters. And I fell out, man. And you know what happened? I remember after that conversation, it was the first time that I was insecure. About my body. And this is what we need to discuss in misogyny, in this patriarchy, right? Is how men have this privilege of not having to concern themselves with appearance, body shape, height. You know what I mean? Whereas, I mean, we compliment boys by looking strong by looking, you know, um, by being brave and, you know, being charming and outspoken, by being smart. And we talk to girls about being pretty, being quiet. She's so gentle. And we mold so many children. I mean, you literally are molding these two kids in a way that one will try to annihilate the other later. Like, how do you applaud boys for being outspoken and expressing their anger and being tough on the football field, and then tell girls to close their legs, to sit up, you know, to close their mouth when they eat. You know, be smaller, be smaller. You're taking up too much space. Are you yelling? Honey, don't yell, there's no need to yell. And boys, it, 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 child, we need, we need to gather ourselves. We just need to gather ourselves. Um, I know things are slowly changing in, in these areas, right? But emphasis on the word slowly. Like, yeah, we need to get it together because we're back to victim blaming. This Supreme Court case in Minnesota is going to open up a can of worms on steroids. You hear me? And I'm afraid. I'm afraid for every college campus. I'm afraid for naive and exciting girl uh, naive and excited girls who are eager to go to their first party on on campus and maybe they are you know, maybe they've been a homebody of their whole life. Maybe they're, you know, provincial in their thinking, and now they're at this big school and they get invited, and this guy wants to go out and have drinks with her, and the whole, the whole thing. It's, it's like we weren't we just fucking here? Like twenty years ago, we were just here and addressing these issues, and now it's back to well, you shouldn't have drank so much. Well, why'd you drink so much? Well, what were you thinking was going to happen? And giving so many toxic men, so many toxic predators, a pass on their predatory behavior. And the funny thing about it is, con artists go to jail all the time. Now granted, con artists don't necessarily take the money from your pocket in a literal sense, but they convince you to give up your money to them. And it's all planned out. But yet, when the con is successful and they secure the bag, con men go to jail all the time. Con artists, women too, go to jail all the time behind the con. Even though the victim in those situations made decisions all on their own, motivated by greed, you know, quick money schemes, etc. And they are still considered a victim. Why? Because it's property. Because it's capital. I don't know where the humanity is in our justice system anymore. That's what scares me. I just don't know where our humanity is. I can't wrap my head around victim blaming after all of this discourse and every one of these books and all this discussion on and offline. I'm thinking about Georgia right now. And I'm thinking about voting rights and the irony in the situation, right? Like, the game is now stacked. But it's not like it never was before. Like, for black people, we're here again. You know what I mean? This isn't some new shit. For a lot of white people, they're like, I can't believe. And we're like, shh, just don't talk right now. Just don't say anything because we got this. We've been here before. We know this place. As my friend Sonny Patterson would say in one of her great poems, and we know this place, and the thought of the Georgia Governor sitting down to validate this this new law with surrounded by six white men it just says. It speaks volumes on where we're still at as a country and how, well, we gave you too much power. We're going to have to get some of this back. That's what's happening. And when I think about the Minnesota Supreme Court case, that's what's going through my head. Well, we gave women too much power. We're going to have to take some of that shit back. And this is pushback, y'all. This is pushback for wanting to live as a multiracial society. This is pushback for wanting to challenge masculinity, toxic masculinity in this country. This is pushback for demanding men, white men specifically, but men in general of all races, religions, etc. It screams... It, it just smacks of revenge. You know, somebody asked um, President Biden, um, do you think, you know, you'll be going up against Trump in 2024? And yo, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not the big Biden fan. You know, he's a centrist and him and I don't see eye to eye on college tuition or health care you know, even immigration. We we don't see eye to eye on a lot of shit. However, when, when they asked Biden if he thought he was going to go up against Trump in 2024, he snickered and he said, do you even think there'll be a Republican Party in 2024? And child, I hadn't laughed that hard. Ho- I didn't think Biden had it in him. I just didn't. I didn't think Biden had it in him. But, you know, I'm forgetting he's an old white man who is now the president of the United States. And this motherfucker just said what he said. Now, had Barack said some shit like that, child, the internets would be going off. But, you know, it went pretty much undetected. You know, even on social media, people really didn't You know, it just, they kind of waved over it with a minimum of concern. But I was like, yo, he's got such a point. Like even in Georgia, this, these laws, right, passed mostly by white men, these laws are so archaic. Did you know that Not only are they cutting out the the Sunday voting to shut down the whole black churches. They're cutting out a lot of the early voting. They're cutting out a lot of the ballot boxes. I don't know how the hell you're supposed to show ID with an absentee ballot. Like, you have to send a copy of it? Like, I I just, I don't even understand that, you know. Not to mention, you know, people who, who don't have laptops, who don't have printers in their houses, who don't know modern technology you know, the elderly, they're they're like confused as fuck right now. But even, let's say, if the state of Georgia tried to turn blue in 2024, they put in a provision in this law to where the Georgia state legislators decide whether or not to go with the popular vote in the state. Like, your vote goes checked they'll decide if they think the public has made the right choice now that shit that shit is power and that's what scares me again about minnesota the power of it you are giving predators the upper hand at every party on every date, on every, you know, lookout, at every get-together, just at every bar. You know, it it just... What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know what we're doing, y'all. I just... I'm scared. I'm scared for people like me. You know, as as a recovering addict, I wonder what would have happened had heroin been legalized when I was 15. If I didn't worry about getting arrested, if I could shoot dope on a street corner, if you know, possession carried a $50 fine instead of a jail sentence. How much more drugs would I have done? And in that same line of thinking, to say it is the survivor's fault for consuming too much alcohol, that these other people made the decisions they made, and because you... Your your memory is spotty because of how much you had to drink. You now have you have, you have no recourse. None. Ah, <laughs> oh, must be nice. I I don't this is what happens when you push. And I don't want people to lose faith. Just like I'm not going to lose faith, you know. I, I quote James Baldwin often. I can't be a pessimist because I am alive. This adversity that we are facing in standing up for survivors' rights, this is the pushback from the Me Too movement. This is the pushback from the ninety-seven percent. Well, towards the 97%, towards the Me Too movement. This is the pushback from men. Call it whatever you want. Call it government. Call it policy. But this is men. This is men wanting their power back. And you know what? They can't have it. They can't have it. We're going to do everything we got to do to make things change. And me personally, I'm going to keep having these discussions. I have been getting so many DMs now from men who have admitted to sexually assaulting someone. And they message me without fear of judgment because men need to have these talks with other men. We need to have them as awkward as as. Angry laden. They are we need to have them Because the responsibility can't be on women to talk to men about these issues It's like wait, you mean I get sexually assaulted and I got to teach these motherfuckers how to treat me No, of course not this is this is When over 90% of sexual assaults are committed by men men need to do this work. This is man's work and it's uncomfortable and it's full of a lot of shame and guilt and embarrassment and fear of public ridicule. Ridicule. And you know what? So what? So what? People are going to tear me. When people get to Queen 3, child, I know I'm going to lose followers. I know I'm going to lose funding and I'm going to... People are going to send me hateful, hateful messages. People who have survived sexual assault are going to be like... You know, you're fucking evil, dude. And and you know what? It's a valid reaction. That's what happens when you do fucked up shit. I have lost a lot of friends when I got called out 12 years ago. I lost a lot of friends. And I didn't understand what everybody was so upset about because I didn't see it the way the survivor of my predatory behavior saw it. And I was angry that no one would even listen to me. My ego was driving home all kinds of rationales and justification and how I couldn't be that way. But here's the thing about this whole nice guy mentality. Going back to what I said about uh, this gentleman on TikTok and this, you know, how to get a girl in bed sort of shit that he said. His words, not mine how to get a girl in bed, which is really disturbing on its own, on its face. But if you think that being a nice guy earned you the reward of a woman's affection, that's the fucking problem. That's the privilege. That's the predatory behavior. It is the fox allowing the gingerbread woman to sit on the bridge of his nose as he crosses the pond. And thinking at the end, he gets to absolutely devour this gingerbread woman. And that is what's happening. For being nice, you think you deserve a relationship. You think you deserve affection. You think you deserve an orgasm. And then, you know, this guy talked about getting friend zoned. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. You didn't get friend zoned. She just knows you're full of shit. She doesn't even want to be your friend but she's afraid of your angry reaction when she says she's not interested and she thinks you're a dog. And men don't want to see it. Just like that Lizzie Borden trial, men don't want to admit that at least two of their five closest friends are predators. Doesn't disqualify them from being decent fathers. It doesn't disqualify them from treating their wives nicely. But they have this mentality that a nice guy should be able to get laid. They have this line of thinking that says, being vulnerable is so feminine that if I do it on a date, you should give me something for it. For having to emasculate myself enough to say please and thank you. And here, let me get the door for you. And no, please, I want to know what you think. All of this earns them the right to objectify and devour a woman once they've crossed the pond. We justify it with, well, I mean, she came over the house at night talking about, quote, watching TV. You know, um, on one of the last episodes, I talked about a a person at a recovery house, a woman who worked there, and we were taking in a new male client and she said that he sexually assaulted her. So I never got to the end of that story. So here's the end of that story. I sat down with this young man and we talked about his behavior, me having the experience I had from being called out by friends and suffering a lot of consequences. I was able to really start taking an honest look at myself through therapy and after talking, I said to him, well, she says you sexually assaulted her, you know. And he said, but that's not sexual assault. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, let me ask you this. You ever been alone with a woman and you're kissing her on the neck and, you know, you all feeling each other up a little bit and maybe you tried something without consent but you started to do something that you thought was like, you know, the normal flow of this affectionate experience, this romantic experience. And she's like, whoa, 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 not right now. And you laugh, maybe she laughs because, you know, it was an easy misfire, you know. And then you're like, oh, come on. And you kiss her a little more and you're hoping to get her more aroused so that she'll go through with it. He's like, sure, I've done that plenty of times. And I said, that is coercion. That is illegal, and that is sexual assault. And his response was, well, I mean, if that's sexual assault, then, and I saw it, just like that. I saw the wheels turn, I saw the synapses fire, and he made the connection. And in his head, that response was, well, if that's sexual assault, I must have done that. Tens of times, hundreds of times, thousands of times? Yeah, that's sexual assault. And the conversation ended, and he leaned back in his chair. And I knew at that moment, he saw himself differently. And he walked out of the office, and... um. The next day, he was transferred to someplace else because, again, we went up the chain and I I accompanied the young woman to talk to a boss about it. And he was transferred. And five days later, he killed himself. Now, there could have been a ton of other things going on in his life. Um, But deep down, I am of firm belief that when he realized what he had done he labeled himself this image of a rapist that we still have which is a just it's an awful assumption it's there there's not even a parallel to it this this whole ski mask knife to the neck sort of vision we have of a predator it's it's the same way we tell children strangers and when we you know depict this monstrous man when a a predator does whatever it has to do to get its prey and sometimes that's being sweet and sometimes it's being charming and sometimes it's being giving and generous and laid back and passive but at the end of the day, it's an assault on a woman's body. It is a plotting, it is mapping out an ambush. And we need to stop rationalizing what rape is and isn't as men. We need to stop trying to tell women what sexual assault is. The same way we have been beating. This discussion into the ground with we need to stop white people from telling black people how to fucking feel about racism. And we need to stop white people from telling black people what is and isn't racist. Stop, stop, stop trying to come up with our own ideas of what sexual assault is and isn't. We need to listen, not have a discussion with, but listen To what women are telling us. We just need to listen. And then go back. Around other men. And have these discussions. Because. No matter how bad. We don't want to admit it. We know which ones of our friends. Are dangerous. We know which one of our buddies at the bar. Which one of the guys that we golf with. We know which one of our brothers, uncles, fathers, we know which one of our sons got some problematic shit going on with them with how they view women. And it's about time we just get real with each other. Well, thank you for listening. And um, tomorrow will be... Um, I think I'm going to probably do another episode tonight and then one tomorrow morning and close this up. But um, I just want to thank you for listening. And please, if you can, consider sponsoring uh, my podcast here on anchor.fm slash blackfluidpoet. Just 99 cents a month could really help me to further the work that I want to do. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash blackfluidpoet. And you could always find me on TikTok. Y'all know the deal. You can find me on Twitter as well. Same, same name. But um, I hope we get somewhere. And don't forget to email whoever you can in Minnesota and talk about this law. Because we need to take this on the national level. We need to get to this to the U.S. Supreme Court The fight can't stop here. Y'all have a good night.